Hey listeners, want to become an official Grunthead? Well, now you can, by becoming a patron over at our Patreon. That's right. When you contribute, you'll gain access to our supplemental show, Gruntwork Nights, a podcast not about the TV show Home Improvement. It's a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us. Just visit patreon.com slash gruntworkpod to join. And now, on with the show. Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to fess up. Truman, you know what you did. Oh, God. And we're not leaving here until you tell me and admit it. All right, Landon. You're right. I'll tell you. It's grunt work. There's a party over here. There's a party over there. Wave your hands in the air. Shake your derriere. These three words when you're getting busy. There it is. Because you're listening to Grunt Work, voted the number one home improvement podcast by the Crane Operators Local 349. I'm your host, Truman, the Nomad Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon, Cranes on the Brain, Solano. Ooh. Yeah. You're always thinking about cranes. <laughs> I am. With well, the birds, not the not the construction equipment. I'm I'm also always thinking about cranes. Frazier, Niles, That's right. Martin, yeah. their mother, Hestia, even. What's the name of the dog? Is that a crane? Uh, Eddie. His name is Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, right, yes. I imagine he's a crane. I mean, he's as much a member of the family as any of the rest of them. Hell, Daphne is an honorary crane on some (laughs) level. True, yeah. Yeah. Mark Hamill was just uh, really applauding that show the other day on Twitter. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I need to get back into it. He he, claimed it as the best written, best performed uh, show sitcom maybe ever. Uh, Well, Mark Hamill is correct on that. He knows exactly (laughs) what he's talking about. Mark Hamill, also very active on Twitter. Yes, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Sometimes... It's sometimes it's a little bit like, oh, Mr. Hamill, maybe maybe don't be tweeting at Lin Manuel Miranda like trying to take <laughs> credit for like Hamilton. Yeah, right. But at the same time, otherwise, I mostly like it. He reminds me of my tenth grade English teacher. He uh, he liked one of my tweets because um, I had a dream about him. I don't know, maybe about a month ago, that he was a oh god, if I can remember exactly. He, I think in my dream, and I hate reciting dreams, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's um, about Mark Hamill. It's on It's on brand <laughs> it's for on our brand Home right Improvement now. podcast. Uh, he, in my dream, he was a judge, and <laughs> he was... Uh, of Star Wars court? No, this is, like, uh, specifically something I want to pitch if I ever get into a pitch meeting for a reality <laughs> show. He was a judge for people who abuse animals, <laughs> and, and, like, set a, uh, set some sort of, like, animal punishment against them. What kind of Thunderdome shit is that? Like, you, you start me off like, reality show, Mark Hamill is a judge. It's like, great, so he's a judge in nerd court? Oh, but then you bring in animal abuse. And then animal punishment. Yeah. Is this like, like if you if you hit a dog, then you get dogs sicked on you or something? Yes. Like, it's some, like, eye for an eye punishment. So what, what like, are you pitching this to, like, the Klingon <laughs> TV network or something? It's for the Mojoverse in the, the X-Men comics. Oh, man, that's a joke that I totally get. <laughs> Oh, Truman, it is good to see you, buddy. It is good to see you as well, Landon. Welcome to your apartment where we've been oh, hanging out for is some time. That where we've been? Yeah, I know. Oh, I man. know. It's well, the... I've been doing the bird box challenge this entire time, so I didn't know where I've been. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing that you didn't kill anyone driving over here. <laughs> Actually, I was seeing on the news just today that a kid did the bird box challenge while yeah. driving and uh, fucked up some cars. Oh, well, you know what? That's the internet. Well, you know, it's look. We had to. I'm just glad that we're, we finally, as a culture, moved beyond kids eating Tide Pods. Now it's kids blindfolding themselves and driving cars, which is somehow even more destructive. 
Like a Tide Pod only is hurting you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I you know this isn't uh, the the podcast where we review things, but um, I had a very polarizing uh, experience with Bird Box in that I just happened to come across the book over the summer. Yeah, read it. Fell in love with it. I mean, yeah. it has one of the the more scary sequences uh, I've read in a long time. Okay, in it. okay. Um, and then a- it wasn't until after I was done reading it that realized that Josh Mallerman, uh, the author, is from Ferndale, Michigan. Oh, which is like, oh wow, holy shit! I probably we probably know some of the same people. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, I did not. I I, I hated the movie, and really? I, I'm not one of those like. Oh, the book is so much better. You know, they're different mediums, and I can appreciate that. But I, I just, I could not. The movie was not for me. I just could not give a shit about the characters. I, yeah, I mean, I the trailer for it looked intriguing, and that's about as much as I can say. I didn't even know it was really based on a book. But I, yeah, it seems like an intriguing premise. And um, yeah, thank you for listening to the Truman Movie Minute based on <laughs> reviewing trailers. Yeah, I don't know. It seems to be it seems to be polarizing. That and yeah. Bandersnatch are the two things where people on oh, Twitter yeah. can't decide if they love it or they hate it. And the thing is, like, I, I haven't watched Bandersnatch as we've talked on this podcast before. I have a weird uh, obsession, maybe compulsion is the better word for it, for doing things chronologically. And mm. I still have two episodes left of the second season of Black Mirror. So, oh, like, yeah. even though I could watch it and it wouldn't have any effect on the rest of the viewing of the show. Uh, I still refuse to until I get through the rest of the season. But that show is so depressing. It is so depressing. Well, wait, you haven't seen San Junipero yet, have, have you? That's yes. I think that's the last episode I watched, uh, which we, is amazing. We did we did the same thing then because I haven't seen the last two episodes of that season either. Because I was like, wait, this one has a happy ending. I'm crying in a good way right now. The good. I want to end on this feeling. Yes. That's the season finale. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah. But Landon. Yeah. This isn't the show where we talk about. Netflix series. This is a show where we talk about Muppet Babies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and folks, let me tell you, this week, uh, Gonzo was really being kind of problematic, and I want to talk about it. Oh. He was well, he was he was trying to report on the Mint Five Hundred motorcycle race, but he got fully involved in the story, thereby creating <laughs> Gonzo journalism. Ooh. Thanks to to the two journalism majors listening to this who got that joke. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm going to use this as a interesting segue and. Um, Gonna get a little serious. I gotta put my serious hat on for a second. So if you just give me a second. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that is, it's really it's it's really good, man. It looks like Hattie, honestly. Yeah, I know it's it looks absurd, but it's meant to imbue a sense of seriousness. At, when we're done, are we gonna fill that thing with nacho cheese? Yes, we because are. I'm I'm not, I'm gonna die on this nacho hill. <laughs> uh, so yes, on a serious note, I I want to uh, bring up, and I'm I'm gonna be very walking on eggshells talking about this uh so last week and i think even in our super spectacular we talked about covering uh don't stand too close to a naked man tim allen's uh autobiography uh, a book a some book that it, he wrote yes. uh <clears throat> that came out uh during the season and um the intention was that i was going to read it and give it to you and then we would do an episode during our mid-season break yes covering much, it much as we read pamela anderson's yes. books yes However, Pamela Anderson's books, A, were ghostwritten, and B, are fiction, to an extent. Yes. <laughs> and, and even then, they were still pretty pretty rough. But yeah, yeah go on. How, so, oh, okay. Uh, we both came to an agreement after I got I, – I did read the book again, and there, there's no real easy way to say that it's impossible to talk about it without talking about Tim Allen explicitly – and it doesn't feel fair to make assumptions based on 
things he said 20 years ago. Listen, the mo- the book is extremely problematic to me personally. Uh, it's witness. He sent me some excerpts. It's it, problematic. It's not a book that would be greenlit today and it's it there's there's no way to talk about it in a way that is critical or even to my mind funny. Yeah. Uh there's no like funny riffs or banter that wouldn't be at the expense of purporting, you know, uh perpetuating more toxic masculinity or whatever else that he's um deciding to to you know back in this book yeah i as we've you know we've we've talked about this before we have our problems with home improvement but it's still our you know we're doing this podcast out of love this is not a hate watch podcast but we got the impression certainly from the bits that i read and the hundred or so pages that you read that if we read this book and and got that deep into what purports to be Tim Allen's actual thoughts, it would have been a lot harder for this to not be a hate-watchy podcast. Kind of, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even... I, I don't know that I want to even go that far so much as just to say that the reason explicitly that I don't want to cover the book on the show is that I don't want to have to talk specifically about a real person. With the show, I can always just kind of swipe it away saying, okay... That's Tim Taylor. These are written words. This is a scenario written by a group of writers who had to come to a conclusion about what they're going to write this week. And it's a fictional character. Yeah. And everyone has come together to, for better or worse, bandy about a fictional show and a fictional, fictional story. This is talking about a real person that has chosen words and thoughts that you, in talking about it, have to address. Yeah. And I, I just don't find that there's going to be anything entertaining for our listeners to, to get out of us being tortured. I mean, it's not even like a fun torture. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't like Mystery Science Theater. It's like Mystery Science <laughs> yeah, Theater for right. watching ISIS videos. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to, you know, kind of riff over somebody getting their head lopped off uh, every week. That I mean, that's an extreme comparison. <laughs> That's Wait, that's not my Goodreads review. We, we didn't we didn't want to take down Tim Allen, but we did also just compare him to ISIS. So maybe maybe we're not doing great at this. You can see, yeah, how problematic it's already getting. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. With that said, I mean, do you you didn't even read any of it because I I kind of like you, you protected me from it. you you covered my eyes much like a bird box I, I, situation. I, did. I gave you the option. I'm like you can read this if you want to, but I I'm not going to cover this. We were we were both tied to the post, and you were like Truman, look away from it. Don't look at it. This is a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference. And yeah, like and you stopped reading before yeah, it made your I was, face. Melt. I was the Nazi who got my face melted. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you you were Karen Allen. You kept your eyes closed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I got in a drinking contest in Tibet. <laughs> we were talking about that yeah. earlier, so it was really mostly a joke for Landon, <laughs> which um, I clearly appreciated. <laughs> yes, the the subtle golf clap laughter that I so crave. Um, so anyway, we just yeah. So it's, I guess a little bit of housekeeping, just to yeah. let you guys know that. But that we're not but doing our book report, our we, dog ate our homework. We did promise you an extra episode, uh, yes. a, a, a mid season, you know, fun bonus episode. So. Uh, in addition to the the Santa Claus, you know, we'll we'll do something else in in place of this. Yeah, I don't know. So we want to hear from you guys. What do you want us to do? Uh, one of our listeners, John Voorhees, uh, has suggested that we go back and do an audio commentary for season one, which we haven't done. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, so if you guys just want to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, wherever you want to. Um, which is at Gruntwork Pod, let us know what you'd like to hear, and we'll we'll do an episode on that. Yes. Okay, I agree. And we, we are in that. agreement. Yes. <laughs> ah, man, all the classic slogans coming back for season four. And now I'm taking the serious hat off. Yay! Yeah, 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 keep going, man. Wait for the drop, wait for the drop. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, it's always a party when you take off the serious hat. <laughs> uh, put that on, put that on my tombstone, please. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll put the hat on your tombstone yeah. because there is no no. It is a very serious thing when you die. That's true. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, our last bit of housekeeping here. Is, it's a dirty house. Is uh, our Patreon? Oh my God, our Patreon! Can we, we talk about this Patreon? We have for to one talk second? about that. I don't want to delay the episode about too much because we got a packed episode for you here. But there's a lot of podcast in this podcast. Yes. Um. So last week, the the premiere of season four, we also premiered our Patreon for the first time. Yeah. And uh, the I, I can't even articulate. I feel like uh, Madeline Kahn in Clue, where she's like having a hard time articulating flames, flames on the sides right. of my faces. Like I, I was so overwhelmed uh, by the response. Yeah, first and foremost, and that was quickly followed by a feeling of despair in the pit of my stomach of like oh fuck we're not prepared for this uh because we didn't have thank you notes prepared no we, we didn't did not. have a introduction video prepared it's still we're just not. like yeah we'll put out this uh little you know supplemental episode which was i think fun but um yeah. we just weren't prepared for the the immediate response that you guys gave us this this was a lot like in the social network when mark zuckerberg invents facebook wool drunk and then wakes up in a shock to find everybody using it and had not really <laughs> planned for that yeah exactly yeah uh so we on day one first day we almost hit our first goal yeah which is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I mean, partially it's partially that shows the beauty of setting realistic goals, but also we still, like, yeah, we're, we're pretty much, we're almost completely solvent by, well, no, within the first week we, we were hitting, we are covering our server costs. Yeah, exactly. So we, we're almost to our first goal, and we haven't even finished talking about what we want to do uh, to celebrate every time we hit a goal post. Yeah. So we we clearly have to do something uh, for our Patreon exclusive, or do we? We do, because money's involved now. <laughs> do, but but we could also take the money and run. I mean, we got a whole uh, true, you know... but also I don't want to be associated with Woody Allen. Mm, true, very good point. Very good point. We'll just have to sleeper on it. Shit, no, we'll just have to go bananas. <laughs> have to rent out an Annie Hall. Oh man, these are getting less. I and think less you're funny. lost in the shadows and fog right now. Ooh. Oh, Curse of the Jade Scorpion. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, um, that's the scoop on that. We have... Uh, so, okay. Hannah and her sisters. <laughs> uh, you have to... Solve a Manhattan murder mystery. <laughs> he has a very robust filmography. This could go on for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really racking my brains right now for relevant ones. <laughs> Um, so, oh, I've completely derailed here. Um, oh, no. listeners, you have a, a second, uh, Patreon listeners especially have a homework assignment. If you have a deep passion about what you want to see from us on our Patreon account, um, we, we have a few ideas that we're going to un- unroll over the next coming weeks, but, uh, you know, we want to listen to you. This is your show that you're funding and, and getting so you you want to listen to us we want to listen to you it, yeah. it's just it's eternity it's cyclical yeah, yeah absolutely it goes on and on uh so let us know what you want to see from us when we hit that first goal otherwise you're gonna get you know we've been kicking some ideas around of you know that the, the final like 
Barton Fink versus Hudsucker Proxy two-hour battle royale between Truman and me. See, that's if you don't make us a better suggestion, we literally think that's what people want to hear, is us debating two Coen Brothers movies from the 90s. I mean, I don't know that people, uh, that I think people want to hear that. Uh, to me, it's more like the little shrug emoji in my head. It's like, I don't know what else, but... Well, no, whether or not people want to hear that, that is a debate that needs to be had for the sanctity of Hudsucker Proxy. And, and truthfully, I yeah. should probably give a reappraisal to Barton Fink. So it would be good for us. Yes, agreed. So, yeah. I mean, those are the ideas that we're coming up with. If yeah. you want something else, we, we're at your beck and call. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, you know, I'm not going to send nudes. Yeah. I might. Oh, yeah. Okay. Depends. It, we, we got, we're going to have some pretty high... Th- we have to hit a goal where basically Landon and I can both quit our jobs and afford to, like, <laughs> buy property in L.A. So, I mean, that's how good <laughs> these nudes are going to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, and if, if, you are, if you are listening to this right now, clawing at your earpods in, in fury, saying, what the, what the hell is this? I'm not a Patreon subscriber. I don't, I don't have access to this. Why are you talking about this thing I don't have access to? Guys, it's simple. Yeah. Go to our Patreon which is at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Wow, the tables have turned. I know, You pointed at me to say a website this time. Because I was going to say it, and then I realized I'm not 100% sure about that URL, because preparing (laughs) for things, as we know, is not my forte. Uh, But yeah, you can... Where there's a will, there's a forte. I, I can't I can't compete with that. That is simply that is simply too true. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, get be, become a part of our awesome club. Become an official grunthead. Well, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week. I, despite my pleas that we do them up at babies, once again they did not come true. Um, and uh, this is this is uh, briefly what happened. Yes, uh, and it goes as. Such. When Tim discovers that Jill has tried to conceal a scratch in the paint job of her 1955 Chevy Nomad with nail polish, he demands that he take it into the body shop to have it repaired. However, and there's always a however when it comes to Tim, when he drives the Nomad to a location shoot of Tool Time where they're demonstrating construction crane operation, Tim negligently takes over the crane and accidentally crushes the car by dropping a steel beam on it. Meanwhile, the turf war and the bureaus of Hamtramck Middle School heats up with a new opponent in Vinnie McGurn, who Brad and Randy must defeat in order to retain dominance in their territory. Ooh, wow. That, that really got spicy at the end there. <laughs> I honestly would have liked a little more of the boys versus uh, the Mc- Vinnie McGurn. Yes. Now, I, I, wasn't, I couldn't tell. Was it McGurn or McGurn? I heard it as McGurn. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. McGurn felt better to type. Yeah. But I heard Muggern. I mean, McGurn, eh, you know, I think it's, I think it's, a, I think they were shooting for an Irish yeah. thing. Like, that's a, that's a more imposing name, McGurn. <laughs> um, so we're going to go into... Brought to you by an official Patreon grunthead, John Voorhees. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right, neighbor. Uh, thank you. Uh, I have I have some suggestions. Yes. Uh, option one, a thousand metal cranes. <laughs> okay. Like a thousand paper cranes, uh-huh. which I think is, yeah, you know, you get it. I get it. Uh, second one, I beam of nomad. Uh-huh. If there was a car named Genie, this would yes. have been just, just it would have been great. <laughs> and finally, also keep in mind, he did drop an eye beam. So it has I I beam. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so if you're writing the title out there would be a hyphen between I and beam. Yeah, I mean I didn't do that in my notes, but that is what it but would look the like. The official IMDb 
title oh, yes. would yes. look like that. Yes. Okay, I like that. And finally, wait for the drop. I'm waiting. Oh, that's the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, could be could be one of those, could be all of those. Uh, it could be none of those. Seems unlikely. I'm normally pretty good at this. <laughs> this episode uh, is somewhat problematic, as it's called Don't Tell Mama. Don't, that's it? Yes. Don't Tell Mama? Yeah. That's, come on, come on. That's no good, this is what? Like, unless you're trying to, like, this, that would only fit... If the babysitter was dead, somehow. <laughs> yeah. Or there was a train involved. Yeah. Don't tell mama on the train. Or, or, or if it was... Stop her, don't tell my mama, we'll shoot. Or it was, <laughs> or it was, E2 mama, don't tell her tambien. <laughs> don't tell mama tambien. Uh, yeah. God forbid you should tell Jill Taylor tambien. She hates Spanish. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a bad title. My titles were all better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree, uh, and, and I've really come around to your I-beam title. Thank you, thank yeah. you. It's a way homer, and because you're already at home, it, yeah. it, it got you pretty quick. Exactly. Uh, so this is called Don't Tell Mama. It was uh, directed by our good buddy Andy Cadiff and written by Rosalind Moore, um, who did quite a few of your favorite episodes. Oh, really? Uh, Jill's Birthday, A So-So <laughs> Evening. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, it was the best of Tim's. It was the worst of Tim's. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, I think that her and this other guy, Howard J. Morris, I think that they were uh, a writing team because they seem to be have uh, credits that are overlapping all the time. Oh. They seem to have the same... Why can't I articulate that thought in my head? They <laughs> seem to write together on the same episodes. Yeah, yeah, there you I, go. I think people get it. They understand. Yeah. Uh, and but some of the ones that he wrote by himself were where there's a will, there's a way. Actually, she might have also written that. Uh, the Colonel and Groin Pains. So this was a uh, kind of an all star writing team here. Hey now. <laughs> uh, and this episode aired on September twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four. Yep, the O.J. Simpson trial in full swing. <laughs> Uh, 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 semi-charmed life blasting from radio speakers all over the country. <laughs> the country, the country is reeling still from the 9-11 attacks. <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, so that was Guess This Title, uh, sponsored by our patron, John Voorhees. Yes. <laughs> How did you feel about this episode? I felt... At, at first, when I realized what we were getting into, I felt excited. I remember seeing this episode as a kid, and then I watched the episode, and I felt really bad about it because, it, it, it like I, there was a, there was an episode to be had here yeah. that that could have been good, I, which I guess is a point that I make a lot of the time. But <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't I don't know how they were so sloppy with their timing because like Tim. Tim drops like they get they get they cut right to the chase. Tim drops the beam on Jill's car pretty quick. Yes, and there's a nice bit in the middle. There's a couple of actually scenes that I really liked in the middle where yeah, Tim likewise. is trying to keep it a secret and the boys are complicit, and it's really fun. And I felt like everyone was firing on all cylinders. But then the issue doesn't really get resolved in no. the slightest. The episode, in the style of some of the most frustrating "It's Always Sunny" episodes, just stops when they run out of time. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like. Um... I get, I'm on board with you in that there were some good scenes in here, some great acting by Jill, I think. Yeah, and uh, by and by uh, Brad and Randy. Yes. Really tag team in some comedy. Yeah. Uh, however, I feel like they lost sight of what the problem was that needed to be resolved. Because to me, watching the episode, the problem is that Tim is not forthcoming with what he's doing and has no repercussions for lying. Yeah, and, and also that he doesn't even really... 
apologize that well for I mean for so, anything. I mean the thing that they they come to the conclusion that needs to be addressed is Tim's obsession with cars. Yeah. Like that is the furthest thing he, from the problem here. He, he he gets into in the Wilson scene, he gets into some David Cronenberg territory talking about <laughs> his feelings about cars. Yeah. Never mind the fact that he lifted up his shirt, a car was coming out of his stomach. It was very weird. Uh but he he just you know, so there's there's Tim's obsession with cars that is unhealthy. That doesn't get dealt with. There's the fact that he lies to Jill. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't get dealt with. And there's the fact that Jill now doesn't have a car anymore, and yeah. it's going to take a year to fix. And she's like, no, don't buy me a new car. We'll just fix the old one because I like it, which doesn't even suit her character. Right. I also have a broader question. I don't know if we should talk about it now or in the actual uh, synopsis of the episode. Why don't you ask it now, and we'll see if we answer it. Okay. In the deep dive. Okay, so what again is the type of car that Jill drives? A, a... 1955 Chevy Nomad. Okay, it is a beautiful, this car, I'm not a gearhead, this is a beautiful looking car, it's yeah. cherry red, it's an old, you know, it's an old station wagon from the 50s, and it's been lovingly restored. Jill doesn't really care about cars that much. Yeah. Jill is a mom, and uh, formerly a working mom, and now a mom going back to school. That that is a ridiculously impractical car to drive. It's not safe to haul your kids around in. It gets <laughs> shit mileage. Yeah, it's. I don't big. think people thought much about mileage in the nineties. So maybe not. But even by even if they weren't like car like gas was more expensive in the nineties than it was in the fifties, especially yeah. after Desert Storm. Am right. I right, guys? But like, I, I just I don't understand why Jill, who has no real af- uh, affinity for cars, is driving this collector's item hot yeah. rod as her day to day workhorse. Like, it's not that that kind of car isn't going to be as reliable as like a Dodge Neon or or a station <laughs> right. or, or a whatever. Caprice. I'm just trying to think of nineties uh, cars. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Dodge, a Buick Regal. I think that's what my mom drove in the nineties. Yeah, that was that was the official station wagon of the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I just don't get why Jill is like. It makes sense for Tim to drive around in a hot rod, but why is Jill? And also, there's this whole thing made about this is Jill being like, "This is my car. It's my yeah. car." Why did why is Jill driving this car? I have thoughts. Okay, uh, and we'll do it when we go into our not our deep dive. We're retiring that our our long drive down uh, analytical lane. Wow, this is so much better than deep dive. <laughs> All right, well, look, well we're thirty three minutes in. Yeah, let's get into or it. or may, well, this has probably been edited, so maybe yeah. it's a more amorphous length. But still, it's been too long. Let's start. Hop in the car. Let's drive uh, until we see the exit called Home Improvement Land. Don't Tell Mama, Season 4, Episode 2. Are, are we going to park or something? So we open on the set of Tool Time, as we so often do. As we so often do. Uh, Tim clad in his Timbo helmet, Al clad in a red helmet. They're talking about cranes. The grunt creep is being lowered through the frame by a crane. Yeah. His non-beefy arms and legs swinging and flailing wildly. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he skipped leg and arm day. Maybe did we talk about this last week that he just is so much less I, thick? I'm wondering if this is uh, – we've speculated in the past whether or not there are multiple grunt creeps. Mm. I'm wondering if this is either a different grunt creep or if it's a um, uh, new form. Like he, he's crystallized. We found his final he, form. He did a crystallis over the season break and then mm-hmm. came back as a mm-hmm. new, uh, <laughs> new rendition of the Home Improvement logo. Sir Grunt Creep the White. Exactly, uh, but I I'm definitely more on board with uh, with the scaffolding arms and legs than uh, beefy appendages. Yeah, it's just less confusing for us sexually. Yeah, I think I made the same joke last week, but that shows how truly attracted I was to him last <laughs> season. Um, 
So Tim and Al are talking about cranes. Yeah. Which doesn't seem super relevant to a home improvement show, but but never never mind that. Yeah. And we find out a fact about Al and his career. Um that uh yeah, Al Al's career uh just, started just lobbing it over the plate. He uh his career started uh because he got attention um as a kid building uh, model cranes. I don't know what what his career revelation was. Okay, Al. After getting out of the Navy, worked as a crane operator. He, oh, yes, for a while. Makes a note I wrote later makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, good. I'm glad I can help help you uh, get new appreciation yeah. for the notes that you took and with that are not helping you at all. Well, uh, do you know why I didn't uh, didn't retain that? You were looking at the calendar, weren't you? <laughs> the calendar has reverted back to season three's calendar, and it's the the girl with the the mask over her face. Oh, the Taliban, I only, babe. I only draw this out because yes. last week when the banner was covering the calendar and we couldn't exactly see it, it had a red border around it, which told me that they were using a new calendar. And now that they've gone back to the other one, they're concealing something. I think that this is another clue in our our Seanzilla conspiracy. Something's going on here. <laughs> yeah, I've known you for a long time, and there are so many things about you and your obsessions that I will just never fully grasp. But goddammit, if I don't respect you for being out there uh, uh, trying to connect these dots. Uh, okay, okay. Well, well, while you were while you were scrutinizing the calendar yeah. in the background, uh, Al explains that he's had a long time. Uh, I don't. I used affinity earlier, but I would uh-huh. say affinity again for cranes. And to the point that as a child, he built lots of model cranes. That's where I checked back in. I, I, I came back with, with that. And so Al, sure enough, has brought a bunch of his model cranes his to set. And really, that's on you, Al. Yeah, this is really on you. I mean, you, you had the teacup incident yeah. in season one. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen here? I, I, like, I wish I could be coy and make a joke about, like, oh, and the cranes were all totally fine. But, like, why, why waste time? We know what happens here. I, I even said on the couch, like, I just, it's... My complaint about this is that it's not even a, a well-constructed uh, gag. Yeah. Like, it's, pre- you know, you know Tim, and you know that the, the the one that means the most to Al, the one he made first with Popsicle Sticks, the most fragile one, the one that's <laughs> sitting closest to the corner of the table, is clearly going to be destroyed. When Whenever... I ask you, on TV, whenever has there been an intricate thing made of popsicle sticks that has not been destroyed as a punchline? <laughs> there is not a single show where, yes. where the Taj Mahal made out of popsicle sticks that this person spent their life on doesn't get squished completely. Surprisingly, the crane made out of playing deck cards uh, didn't fall over, though. Yeah, and, and sa- same for the <laughs> crane made completely out of crystal. Also fine. And the guys that had the, the crane that was painted on a big plate of glass as they were walking through the frame. I know. No car went through it. Yeah, it was amazing. But but then, after they get across the street, they dropped it by accident, which is a real kind of uh, the joke you didn't see coming. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so they're, they're talking about the hand signals that crane operators use. Uh, Tim has not done his homework. In practicing one of the, in one of the gestures, he mm. knocks the popsicle stick crane over and it shatters on the ground and the problem okay so the uh, breaking the the teacups i i thought that i wasn't gonna like that gag but then yeah. just the just the bigness of it tim coming in in a in a like bulldozer yeah. or whatever and then the bl- like it ramping up and then the blade of it smashing them the completely. misdirection of that i mean it set the bar so high for th- that sort of uh destruction of something so yeah. delicate that yeah. you can't just introduce a popsicle stick gag and just knock it over with your hand like that's 
lazy at this point. There was, look, Mystery Science Theater, which had a budget of like six bucks per week, did a version of this where they <laughs> used a flamethrower to destroy Joel's popsicle stick, uh, uh, a replica of Monticello. So I, I, come on guys, if Mystery yeah. Science Theater can outdo you, but admittedly they spent a lot of their budget on other stuff for this That's episode. Fair. Yeah, right. Uh, so anyway, it, it wasn't great and I also didn't like that, that the punchline is everyone laughing and just a God bless Richard Carn, great actor, but just the hurt and 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 desolation on his face. Yeah. He's like, I've got one one more uh, hand signal that I can't do on television for you, <laughs> which which was funny. And also, yeah, it was it was good to get Al doing a dunk on Tim that takes us to the opening credits. That yeah. was a fresh thing, and it uh, wasn't a physical comedy gag. He does it that takes us to the crane transition, which burst through the screen. Oh yeah, it like hooks the screen and <laughs> yeah, yanks it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, maybe worth mentioning, Tim has uh, brought back a a relic from season one or two. Uh, the Timbo hat. Oh yeah, which yeah, we, the Timbo, Timbo hat. helmet. Which that's we that's seen. from like episode two. Oh, that's when it originated. I'm trying to remember the last time he wore it. It's oh been, yeah, been quite. I think it's at least been since season two. But been, been a little while. Um, we go into the theme song. Yes. Uh, I got some things to say. <laughs> Good. Do you? I, no, I actually don't. You I don't. Okay. I took that time to tidy up my notes. I'm still not used to there being a new thing to, to react to. Uh, I've got four notes. Okay. Actually, um, I think I have one. But you do yours first. Okay. Let's let's talk about. So, listen, um, ladies, I know that you've existed in this patriarchal society for so long, and it's been apparent to you since birth. And us men, we, we are slowly recognizing the minutia of it at every turn. This is, this is a lot of qualifications for a comment about the theme credits to Home Improvement. <laughs> well, what bothers me is that Jill's introduction is her coming in and doing the laundry really quickly and like she's doing all the household chores that a quote-unquote woman should do unquote to the point of order everyone's doing everything really quickly because they're all like Fair, scared for comedy's sake that's what they give her to do yes. and she does it in a rush in order to get outside to save tim's ass yes and i don't like what that's saying yes subconsciously or subliminally i true subliminal, i don't like subliminally perfect <laughs> My, my my Fraser impressions are really going downhill. It's starting to morph into Harvey uh, Firestein a little bit. <laughs> well, my my uh, much much like uh, Kelsey Grammer's appearance overall, my impressions are deteriorating over time. Uh, <laughs> I think that it is problematic, or well, yeah, I don't like what Jill is doing in the opening credits, but it also sums up very well what she does in basically every episode, which yeah. is take care of the entire house, save Tim, right. Yeah, and uh, be victim to Tim. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, I don't like it. Okay, okay. One <laughs> down, three to go. Um, the the other three I'll go through really quickly. We they just like the characters in the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, exactly. Sped up. Uh, so Brad stared at us last uh, last season. For, yes. Or last two seasons. Last three seasons, dog. No, we had a different different one at the first one. Okay, whatever. I think. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, None of this matters. They're all staring at us now. Oh, God. All the kids stare at us. As their names cross across the screen, I, I I don't I don't have the energy for for losing yeah. more secrets. I can't. We can't keep doing that. Uh, I have nothing left to tell. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip my third note because it's not that interesting. What? Um, no, you, no, 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 no. Well, I'm gonna save it. Maybe maybe I'll I'll think on it and come up with a funny riff in the future. Okay. Right well, now, we'll just be commenting on something that's on the screen. Well, you're setting a pretty high bar because that's what I'm about to do with mine. Uh, when, when it's, it's either, it's, well, it's one of the boys. Lord knows it's not my strong suit determining which boy it is. One of, you know, they're doing, the boys are all in the video game version of the house. One of them jumps over a hammer and the hammer, that somehow kills it. Now, listen. It's Mario Bros. rules. 
No, Mario Brothers rules is you jump on top of the oh, Goomba. That's right. You don't yeah, just yeah, jump right. over the Goomba. Come you're on. Right. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but no, but he jumps over the hammers and he gets 500 points for it. Oh, wow. So is the hammer an end boss or is there just huge point inflation in this game? This uh, is 500 a ri- points isn't much. That's what you get when you hit a uh, gold coin in Mario. I guess. Okay. I think. Like if you're you're knocking a block out, I think it's I think that's five hundred. Not knocking your block like Lucy. <laughs> exactly. Um. I, yeah. That's all I got. It's not interesting. But... Uh. It, it is interesting because it's entered into my head, and I'm gonna think about it next time we watch the episode, and it's gonna just spiral into something so creative. It's gonna blow your mind. I can't wait. <laughs> my last note. Uh. There's no. Should we put the kids in the middle? What is it? Yo, yo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's it's gone. readily evident. Well, yeah, because it's a it's a whole different thing. Are you gonna miss it? I do miss it. Yeah, I don't. It's the one impression I can do. <laughs> so now I miss it. Yeah, you know, with a little work, you can get that Jimmy Carter scrubbed up. <laughs> uh oh, I was immediately picturing Jimmy Stewart. All <laughs> of my impressions are just people named Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. y- 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 you got to find your thing and just stick to it. Hey, Truman. Is that that's, that's Jimmy uh, Stewart, or is that Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> Jimmy the Hutt. <laughs> uh, Truman Doblin do his hut. Oh, God, I can't even do fake hut, hut, hutty, hutties? What? I don't even know. All of our impressions are getting worse over time. <laughs> it is. This is uh, you know what? Let's just lie and say it's hot in here. Yeah. Uh, we go to the kitchen, um, where... I have written a comment about uh, the background, so you tell me what, what's happening here. So I'm just watching the show, and you're just studying the set design. Is it, well, why do we even have the sound on? I don't know. Okay. There's, just, there's a picture behind Jill who's sitting at the kitchen counter, and it's a family portrait, but it's just composed so weird because everybody is like crammed on the left-hand side of the photo. I couldn't figure it out. Probably because they photoshopped it together of, Maybe. of like headshots of each of the actors. So Jill's at the breakfast table. She's studying for a psychology exam, and right. uh, Mark offers her some food. In Mark's only scene in this episode, yeah, and uh, she says, "No, I'm too uh, too keyed up about this test to eat anything." Uh, Brad and Randy come running through the door on their way to go out to to school, and Jill yeah. says, no, no, "All right, stop, stop right there, up against the wall, spread them," and she uh, <laughs> basically confiscates a couple of rubber band guns yes. from them. Uh, well, she confiscates one from Brad, and then she she says, "Okay, Randy, give me yours." And Randy says, "I'm not packing a piece, Mom. I'm not like he's someone on the wire or something." <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're taking rubber band guns onto the school bus because of their blood feud with Vinnie McGurn. Yes, and, uh, who they need to give penance to because he's been a real pain in the ass. And I gotta say, lucky for them, it's the early '90s and not the late '90s. Because as a kid who has a lot more memories of the late '90s, uh, anything even vaguely gun-shaped yes. would get you into some seriously deep shit. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who went through, uh, I graduated in 2000, so oh, uh, yeah. 1999 happened right before my senior year. Yeah. That was uh, that was quite a tense year. <laughs> yeah, not, not, a, not a fun time to be in the public school system. No, no not at all. Not at all. Um, Thanks a lot, school shooters. By far the worst thing about the Columbine Massacre was that it kind of inconvenienced our uh, our later years of school <laughs> the uh so the kids leave uh dismayed that they don't have any um protection against uh jimmy mcgurn or vinnie mcgurn yeah well Which if it was jimmy mcgurn you could do an impression of him hey guys i just want to bully you for your ouch they're rubber bands <laughs> your rubber bands do nothing to me <laughs> oh my god he's like kingpin <laughs> Um, so they leave, and Tim comes in through the garage, and he stops at uh, Jill's car, which is 
parked in the garage. So here's the question. I know you have a lot of questions about Jill's car. I do. My questions about Jill's car, like, I assumed that she was driving something this whole time, but um, why, I guess because he was building the hot rods, she's had to park outside this whole time, but we've yeah. never seen it up till now. And we're made to feel like it's a big, significant thing. We've seen it, like, once before in, like, season two or something. Mm. It's when they're driving. They're driving, to, going to the oh, wedding. Oh, right, yes. They're right. driving around in that car. And I think even then we were... Because I knew this episode was coming. I yeah. watched this episode as a kid. This is one of the... This is the one they show in all the clip shows. This is a big episode. Wait. They might even have a third car, then. Well, there's one that... Because they would have had to have two cars before the hot rod in order for them to both get around to places. Well, t- and then Tim says something about you can take the Mustang to work. Is that the one that he... Is that the hot rod? Is it Mustang? No, that's a... That's a Ford. Yeah. So, okay, well, he... Well, Tim... a Ford is a Mustang. Or a Mustang is a Ford, I should say, but... A square is a rectangle. <laughs> Well, I, I I don't know. I, then maybe that's anyway. I, this is the first mention that I can remember of the Nomad. Yeah, like we've we've seen it once, I, I think. But like, yeah, they're definitely trying to play up this car as a much bigger thing. Mm-hmm. The, like the car is a regular. This would have meant more if we'd seen it more often. Uh, but yeah, and also, so if Tim has had, if they have a one car garage, yeah, they've had the hot rod in it this whole time. This means that this car where and tim is very precious about the paint job on this car as we know it's just been parked outside in michigan winters in an alleyway in an alleyway uh uh uh, de-icing trucks rock salt on the roads snow drifts freezing rain someone that's so anal about their car tim would never leave it out there unless we're to assume that he's one of those guys who has like the the like canopy tent for your car (laughs) in the in the driveway which he's got a canopy tent and he's got one of those uh dust covers that goes over the entire body of the car <laughs> they they bought the house across the street because it had a two-car garage and they gutted the rest of the house and turned it into a 19 car garage. garage yeah yeah jay leno lives there right now um <laughs> Ugh, that's gonna drop the value for the whole neighborhood <laughs> uh but tim gets annoyed with this uh with jill's car because uh he sees a little blemish a little scratch uh, on the driver's side door. Yes, which she's tried to touch up poorly, and Tim goes after her for, hey, there's this thing, and it looks like you tried to touch it up with some stuff. And Jill at first is like trying to play coy like she doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about, but finally admits, yeah, I put some nail polish on it. <laughs> I, and, oh God, so this begins, like, maybe I'm looking too deeply at the, <laughs> the real-world ramifications of their marriage here, but, yeah. like... There's something systemically wrong if Jill has to tiptoe around Tim to tell him that to avoid telling him that she had to cover up. I don't know. This, this whole thing just already feels toxic to me. Wait, well, it does. This is really because like Tim is very angry and very yeah. after Jill about this because she got a scratch on her car. Yeah, it is her. As she says, "It's my car. Leave it alone." She makes this case. It's my car. I can do whatever I want with right. it. And Tim pretty much angrily disagreeing. You put lipstick on a car, and like it's gonna that that scratch is gonna rust, and it's gonna corrode, and then it's yeah. gonna be eating away at me. Knowing there's makeup on a car, Tim, who shows so little regard for the feelings of his wife, yeah. the feelings of his friends, the welfare of his children, for in one way or another. But like, <laughs> oh, but but a single scratch on it. Okay, if you don't trust Jill to take care of a car, yeah. maybe don't give her a beautifully restored hot rod to tool around in. Yeah. Give her a Dodge Neon or whatever <laughs> other car we, we reference. So, uh, uh, just to make this explicit and to touch on your earlier point. To make you, this explicit, fuck. <laughs> you just uh, said it as well. Uh, Tim, and I think they said this in season one, Tim built this car. 
This, this happened before the show started. Oh, okay. He built the Nova, uh, much like he's building the current no, Hot Rod. Nomad. Nova's a different thing. No, Nova is a way Nomad. less nice car. <laughs> Neons, Novas, Nomads, they're all over. She, yeah. Well, Nomads are all over because they wander. <laughs> Wordplay. I like it. Um, so Tim does have some like personal stake and investment in this. Uh, it's not really drawn out in this episode it's not stated really but he did state it in an earlier episode that he built the car that jill drives yes so there's that again if you i don't know i'm just it's like it I, i'm sorry i'll talk about this all night and we've got other stuff to, yeah. to, to to handle but i don't like this dynamic i don't either and what i didn't like about it and you know forgive me for getting on my snowflake high horse here but uh <laughs> snowflake high horse is my least favorite game of thrones character <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> uh, is that Jill, he forces Jill essentially into a corner of having to give an annoyed, frustrated response because he's the one that can't acquiesce and just, I guess this might be the point that they were trying to get to at the end of the episode of being so consumed by his obsession with the car that he can't have any kind of leniency or whatever with other people driving it and their their things. But um whatever as he's giving this whole thing of like it's gonna gnaw away at me and if it gnaws away at me then i'm gonna be sad and depressed and you're gonna have to live with it and he's just like why why what you know if you're gonna be that way fuck you don't you know like but i could see and it's a very real kind of moment from patricia richardson where she slams the keys on the table just like i don't want to fucking deal with this just take the car. I don't, you know, you, you've put me in this corner where any response I give you is going to be looked at as a nitpicky, nagging wife. So fuck you. Just take the car. Get out of my life. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> I don't know if it was get out of my life necessarily, although that is the right answer. Maybe I'm projecting a little. <laughs> he He's sitting also like right next to her. He's yeah. in her ear and she's trying to study for a fucking psychology yeah. exam. When when the resolution of the last episode was Tim saying he's going to be supportive of her <laughs> psychology. Uh... <laughs> Why do we want this, – this, this show just sets us up for disappointment. I, we act like it's not going to do this. I but, know, I know. Yeah, I know. And okay. I, I'm, I'm going against my own New Year's resolution of trying to be a little more forgiving. So um, it's content though, but it's content. It's content. I'm a whore. What can you say? We go to location shooting. Uh, I can't remember what the transition was on that. But Oh, man. I don't know. I think it was just like the screen smashing out of frame. And, okay. That yeah, sounds Confetti or something. I uh, we go to a location shoot. I don't didn't get what – they go to the location where they can demonstrate the crane, but I didn't get what they were building. It was just it, a construction site? or it, it was a construction site where the K&B guys were not present, mind yeah, you. Yeah, seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Uh, they could have made beautiful music out of that car getting crushed. <laughs> but no, it's like, it's like a foundation that's dug down into the ground. Tim drives the car down in there and parks it right in the middle of this dirty construction site. Yeah. And, but there's not even really anything being constructed. It's like they've got the crane down there and they've got the beam. And, yeah. and it's like they're just starting to build this thing. <laughs> Which is weird, because I don't think... I mean, I don't know much about construction, but I don't think you start with I-beams. I don't think so. Well, they've got a, they've got a foundation. Maybe do they? Do. Oh, I didn't well, see that. Well, I mean, well, they dug the thing. That, that's the foundation, is digging down into the ground. Well, I think you've got to fill that with concrete. You know what? You're right. I don't really know much about concrete. I, I only know because they're building a thousand construction sites around my apartment right yes. now. <laughs> yes, okay. You, you'd be more of an expert on that than me. Um, but so Tim shows up, and yeah. and Al is all in a tizzy because it's like, you know, Tim, we're two, we're two minutes to, to air because they're doing a live episode, yeah. and they're going to start shooting in two minutes. Tim says, I'm sorry. I got in an argument with Jill. She scratched up the car. It made me late. So let me get this straight. Your call time, like, like he was arguing with Jill for like 
three minutes. Yeah. So so the ideal situation, Tim would have gotten to the set of the show that he hosts and presumably kind of produces yeah. five minutes before they go to air. Uh-huh. It's it, it, The whole thing is a little contrived. Yes. Uh, though I do like that uh, there was an opportunity for Al to show his uh, color prowess again that uh as soon as he's like he she jill covered it up with nail polish and then al's able to identify like oh is that uh, a red passion red passion yeah (laughs) which uh was a good callback to season one of him helping out in uh my favorite episode oh bubble bubble toil and trouble yes i was gonna say it but i I forgot it i didn't want you to steal that away from me um we both shared it landon this was my note to myself is that uh as he's um talking to the construction workers uh the main guy in particular says that um, he's going to make his chapter 234 proud. And I'm like, oh, interesting. He, he must be a licensed uh, construction worker. But you now, man. mentioning what you said earlier about uh, that was his first job, he must have been licensed and, and trained within a yeah. uh, certain chapter, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah. He, he's still on the board. I like to think that he still goes to, like, uh, union meetings. <laughs> I, I certainly think so. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Or, like, he sends them letters that they read at every meeting. Like, I mean, I'm... he needs to keep a safety net in case tool time ever goes off the air. <laughs> and, or in case he quits in a rage. Yes. Um, <laughs> so they're moving. Uh, they're displaying how to to operate a crane to move a three ton beam, <laughs> three ton I beam for some reason. Because because who hasn't been trying to you know on a Saturday afternoon you're trying to fix up your house a little bit. You got a three ton beam that you need to move with your big industrial crane. This is useful stuff for the viewer at home. <laughs> um, but so the the foreman at the site explicitly says to Tim, like he says, "Oh hey Tim, yeah. I watch the show every week. Oh that's great. You gonna let me drive the train the the crane? No Tim. Like I said, I watch the show every week. <laughs> so he explicitly states." No, you can't operate the crane. Uh, and I'm going to pause right there to go into character after corner. Sponsored by Patreon Grunthead Spencer Thomas Kimball. Do you think that the theme song makes it less honorable that they're sponsoring it? It's like it's like a bad association. Uh, I don't I don't know, but it makes me happy. So <laughs> okay, hey, no, let's keep going for it, man. Uh, this guy has had. Um, only like one-off uh walk-on roles much like this episode uh and a lot of interesting stuff but uh i'm looking at dr quinn medicine woman oh just shoot me babylon 5 very 90s colombo oh that's not that's not peter just one more thing that's not colombo there's still one more thing that's better uh, I just watched Princess Bride. I feel like I should have Peter Falk in me, but um, <laughs> we should <laughs> watch, watch your phrasing there. <laughs> just because you watch Princess Bride doesn't mean you can sleep with Peter Falk, Landon. <laughs> He's a classier guy than that. Uh, this should come as no surprise. He was on an episode of ER. There you go. That's there our ER go. connection. ER was just like a welfare program for working actors in the <laughs> 90s. So thank you, Spencer Thomas Kimball. You have uh, made this week's uh, first character actor corner come to life. So thank you. <laughs> it really helps that you narrate the dance moves that you're doing. So I'm not the only one who enjoys them. <laughs> I, so, so uh, you know, Tim goes up to the crane and presses triangle to hijack it like in Grand Theft Auto and yep. climbs in and starts fucking with the controls over the strenuous objections of Al. Of Al, the producers, the foreman of the construction site, which if Tim doesn't respect, you know, the domain of, to my mind, who he has claimed over and over again is the quintessential man-man. Yeah. Man's man. Uh, like, 
he just respects nobody. He, he really he really doesn't. And also, he's not licensed to operate this machinery. Yeah. There's definitely insurance issues here. Like for both tool time and you're compromising the the um potential lawsuits of the construction company yeah. for allowing you to get on the crane in the first place. And this, just the safety of everyone there. I mean, you like I, I, it's amazing that Tim doesn't leave in handcuffs. <laughs> It's true. Which yeah. could be the alternate title for this podcast, just in recap. Like, how many times could he be arrested? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's it, even more than just ignoring their pleas, he legitimately jeopardizes people's lives in this moment because Al is on the front of it, kind of like telling him, okay, Tim, yeah, great. Okay, yes, that is the lever that, that pulls the beam up. Yeah, okay, yes, that is the one that moves us, but get out of the thing. He's on the like treads of this this crane telling him, get out of the thing. And Tim just continually pulls these levers to the point where it swivels around with Al on the front of it and knocks him to the ground. Yeah, some real stunt performer work there. Yeah, and there was a, a cameraman that was pointing in the, the cab of the car that had to jump off with a camera on his shoulder just because Tim wanted to play with toys. Yeah. I, I My notes on this scene were literally just... You know, so I have the thing about, you know, Tim gets into the cockpit of the crane, and then yada, 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 Tim drops the beam on Jill's car. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's telegraphed, even if I didn't know yeah. that this was happening, like, it's telegraphed so clearly. Yes. As, just as much as, as Al, Br- really, actually, this is, this is what goes around, comes around, Al's, Al's cranes on set... Uh, that Tim destroys, yeah. and then Tim brings his car, well, he brings his wife's car to the set and destroys it himself. Would you call that foreshadowing? I would call it... Yeah, foreshadowing. I would call word. it retro lighting. I... <laughs> because it doesn't become apparent until after the fact. <laughs> I, I, I would call it poetic justice. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, so, Tim actually kills his cast and crew. Um... <laughs> And drops his I-beam on the car. So to answer one of your other questions, a uh, bit of trivia. Yeah. Uh, this is always mentioned in all the behind-the-scenes episodes, uh, uh, documentaries on this. Yeah. Um, they didn't actually crush a working Chevy Nomad. I think I remember seeing the clip where Tim, like, ha, 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 you thought I smashed my car. <laughs> I remember him saying that and was expecting it in the bloops yeah. for this. But he he did receive, or the show, I should say, maybe him personally, I don't know, received a lot of hate mail uh, because of it from car enthusiasts. But it was an empty frame. There was there was no... Okay. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. After everything Tim does on this show... <laughs> That's what he gets hate mail for, for destroying a car. Yeah. Wow. What? <laughs> Mr. Taylor, it's one thing for you to harangue your wife when she's trying to study for a test and, and get all in her shit because she scratched up the car that belongs to her. But but smashing a car, that is that is a step too far. What is uh, the gearhead equivalent of a keyboard crusader? Uh, uh, uh Gear shift gendarme, uh, a um, a manifold mercenary. I love it. Uh, dashboard detective. So we get a sawdust transition to uh, back home. Or sawdust? It wasn't sawdust. Just dust coming from the well, ground. Well, yeah, like it, there a lot of a lot of scenes smashing into things and Debris. sawdust flying. Yeah, up. yeah. Uh, Tim is creeping back inside the front door as if he is the grunt creep. Yeah, in in a sense. He is. He is the original. In, in this moment, he is the grunt. Creep. He's a creep who grunts a lot. Yes. Uh, yes. He, he comes in, and Brad and Randy are there, and yeah. he says, "Hey, is your mom home? Yeah, she's upstairs <laughs> studying. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Do you, do you think she saw Tool Time today?" And they go, "No, but we did." 
<laughs> Brad and oh my god, I like I got goosebumps as soon as they said that because I'm like, oh, where's this episode gonna go? I feel like in during the hiatus, Jonathan Taylor Thomas sat down with Zachary Ty Bryan and they like, <laughs> I don't know, they they like it's like they're a good comedy duo. Yeah, now. like they're it is. like Zachary Ty Bryan has made a sharp improvement and they are very funny together. <laughs> they are, um, they're they're great. I got yeah. I give them give them a couple Emmys. 1994 right. Emmys uh, for best performances by a kid in a home improvement episode. Mark doesn't get one, but uh, so so he he says like, "Oh, you didn't tell her, did you?" Oscar, so Randy and Brad. <laughs> Oscar, so Randy. Um, he says, "You didn't you didn't tell her, did you?" And they say, "No, we thought it'd be more fun to watch you tell her." And and Tim says, "Oh, well, well, I'm not going to tell her for a while." And then and then Brad. Such a great line. This is the funniest line in the episode for me. He goes, I don't know. Mom's really smart, and after a few weeks, she's going to notice she doesn't have a car. (laughs) (laughs) And it's exactly what you're saying. I feel like in uh, last season, that would have been a Randy line. Yes. But uh, Brad brings it out with with gusto. It's like they're pivoting away, at at least two episodes into this season. They seem to be pivoting away from Randy is stupid being the punchline. Brad is stupid. (sighs) (laughs) There you go, folks. I'm still doing the thing. Uh, they're pivoting away from, from the Brad. The jar. Yeah. The, the grunt jar. Um, <laughs> and so they're, they're heading outside with this, this kind of thing lording over Tim and Tim, you know, steps outside and goes, you, well, you guys can't tell her. He's like, well, you know, we won't tell her if you don't tell her that we got kicked off the bus and, uh, expelled from the bus, I guess. Well, th- yes, because of quote, an unfortunate incident involving glue and Vinnie McGurn's butt crack. <laughs> and then, and then Randy says, as of three o'clock, he's closed for business. <laughs> And I feel like in the past we would have made a lot of hay out of Randy being a serial killer gluing butts closed, but I just think yeah. this is funny. Also, kind of a callback to the first episode where Tim threatens to spackle Al's butt crack Yeah, shot. it's true. So what does this bring our series butt crack count up to? Oh, man, I'm not doing the crack count. <laughs> uh, th- th- this m- there might have to be another podcast oh, that no. tackles this one. At least... I'm gonna say two that I can that I'm that I'm sure of, and I'll pro- I just multiply that by three, so six total. Six probably. total. Okay, yeah. I think that's fair. I know there are two explicitly in the first episode, so. Oh, okay. And so, so Tim Tim doesn't like to be, um, so Tim doesn't want to make a deal because he's like, well, this is big, and I can't conceal it from your mom. Yeah. I don't know why uh, he makes the line in the sand that, where it's just like, I don't know, maybe. That which will resolve itself on its own without any real repercussions um, will be fine. Demolishing your wife's car and lying about it won't. Yeah, yeah. So, except it does turn out to be fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> according to the show. Yeah. Not according to my soul. Um, and so you know, she Randy's like, okay, fine. Well, here she comes. So you know, you make the choice. And Tim's like, fine deal and they go off the they they scamper off to um more butt crack uh, adventures again landon you gotta you, phrasing dude <laughs> they're 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 kids fair uh, okay uh so jill comes down and is asking what happened with the car and you know, tim is just kind of stalling and saying like oh yeah it's gonna take take a little while to, to get it all finished and then she says, oh, you're not going to have him do a bunch of other stuff to it, are you? And Tim goes, no, they're just going to fix what's wrong with it. And when you get it back, it'll be like a whole new car. <laughs> and, you know, some of this this dynamic here was funny to me. Like, if if the whole thing would have resolved in Tim not fessing up, like, if that was the thing that needed to be addressed, yeah, then this stuff would have been funny. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect, it's like, 
I don't know. There's not. There's no repercussions for him just straight up lying. Yeah, yeah. And he's not in hot enough water for for it to really pay off in big dividends here. We could we could have saved the time there to then have a better resolution to this episode. But, <laughs> but hey, I'm being a Monday morning TV scriptwriter. Yes. Uh, do you anything else for this uh, scene? No. Okay, we get a, a car smash transition. Oh, I uh, described it the exact same way. Oh, into <laughs> the living room where uh, in a weird uh non sequitur this has nothing to do with the rest of the episode <laughs> but it's very 90s uh brad and randy are just rocking out to what i have to imagine is the stereotypical sound system yeah um the stereotypical being the name of the episode of season one yeah where tim got a new stereo system they just are blasting heavy metal at full volume head banging on the couch eating junk food randy is doing a move i've never seen before where he's got his leg up over his head playing his leg like an air guitar oh i've definitely done that i i didn't know that was a thing is that like a is that a michigan thing using your leg as an air guitar well i would be surprised if jonathan taylor thomas knew about it if it was michigan but uh well maybe he did some you know some location scouting method acting yeah yeah yeah. he got he got deep into it what would randy be doing right now so he's in los angeles just living the life of a Michigander, just like going around saying uh, "pop" instead of "soda" to yes, people. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> going to auto shows. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, he, he he would get he would have his parents crank up the AC super super high in the winter, so it would be really cold all the time. Gotcha. Um, and those are all the things that I know about Michigan. Eating uh, Saunders hot fudge and drizzling it over a buddy's pizza while crinkling better made chips on top of it. Yeah, awesome. Um, and then following it up with a bowl of Kellogg's. Why is it all food based? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, that's, you know, Midwestern cuisine. That's the, that's the strongest uh, association. Um, anyway, Jill comes down and tells him to, hey, knock it off, boys. Uh, and they do. I was kind of thinking that the lead, that the point of this scene was like that they're exercising this leeway to do whatever yes, they want. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, it doesn't hit that beat, but it does still go in a way like this. The previous scene and this scene are the funny meat. Like these yeah. are the best bits of the scene. Brad and Randy really selling it. So I gotta just I, 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 we we've taken a lot of time in this episode, but I just gotta say. Still to this day, when you say Brad and Randy, I can't not hear Brad, Brad and Randy, Randy. <laughs> on the Midnight Home Improvement feature show <laughs> on NBC, ABC, ABC, yeah, shit, at nine on Wednesdays, Thursdays. It's on Thursday now. Anyway, she's looking for her abnormal psychology book, and uh, Brad and Randy happen to know where it is. Well, no, they don't know where it is. And then she says, oh, you know, I must have left it in the car. And as soon as she says this, Brad and Randy get the biggest oh shit faces. <laughs> this is what I like about this. Brad and Randy now have this alliance with Tim and they're not, mm-hmm. they're, they're all trying to keep his secret yeah. because their fates are tied up in his. Which is a better dynamic for an episode. Yeah, it's so much better than everyone just trying to prank each other or get one over on each other. That's not as dramatically interesting. Uh, so they get these huge oh shit faces, and they're they're saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, it wasn't in the car. I think uh, Mark took it. Yeah, it was Mark. And so then Jill yells, you know, Mark, have you seen my abnormal psychology book? And Mark, in true ruining everything fashion, <laughs> says, Yeah, you left it in the car. <laughs> and she uh, oh, goes just basically out the door, and she's, she's like, Well, she needs it for her exam, so she's clearly going to go to the the body shop to get it. 
Uh, I have a few notes for this scene. Okay. Which is um, abnormal psychology seems like a very advanced class for mm-hmm. a introductory student. Yeah, you're ba- you're basically like, didn't <laughs> you have gen eds to take? I mean, yeah, something, right. Yeah, this is. You start with you should master normal psychology first before moving on to abnormal. You got to know the rules to break them. I think I, my I started college going into psychology and then I switched very smartly. I might add to uh, theater, yeah. and video production. Yeah, that's where the money is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think I had to take like sociology. I took women's studies. I took so that's that's how you can be such a woke bay on this <laughs> podcast. I that's not coming from my mouth. I wouldn't. I'm learning just like everybody else. Well, we all are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was one note. The other note is, you know, I, it feels like low hanging fruit, but, um, I have to comment on the fashion in the scene, which is like nose bleedingly nineties. I don't There's even remember. so much baggy plaid vests going on <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it was, it just, I felt like I needed to like listen to Lisa Loeb for a little bit. <laughs> Well, you, why why wait until you see some baggy plaid vest? You can listen to Lisa Loeb anytime That's the mood strikes true. you. That's very true. Um, I might put on some Eddie Brickle right after this uh, episode's done. <laughs> uh, so Jill goes to the body shop. Do you have any yeah. more notes? Uh, that we get a door transition. Oh, I don't even remember that. You're paying more attention to transitions now than I am. I'm this trying is to. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know that it's painful for you, so I gotta. I'll take on that. I, I, at this point, it used to be painful for me, and then it stopped being painful, and now I don't even notice them anymore. I'm so dead inside; <laughs> they just bounce off me. Uh, so Jill goes to the body shop, talking to uh, and Eddie. talks to Eddie. Who is he played by? A character actor by any chance? <laughs> The character actor heralds are bringing in our theme song this week. The character actor Valkyries come down. <laughs> character actor corner. Did you part two? Did you major in jazz improvisation in college by any chance? Uh, I didn't. It's like Chet Baker up in here. This week's second character actor corner is brought to you by our Patreon grunthead or grunthead-et. Uh, should you prefer, uh, Miss Kirsty Jeffries. Uh, so this character actor is played by Tom LaGrua. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. It's G-R-U-A. Uh, he doesn't have a headshot on IMDb, which led me to believe... That bastard. ...that, uh, he didn't do much. <laughs> that could me to believe he doesn't exist. Further from the truth, uh, as his first credit goes all the way back to Beretta. Oh. Don't, 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 is no, 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 no. Is that the talking about Beretta theme, or is that the Beretta theme? <laughs> uh, I, I can't that, really that tell is... with you anymore. This podcast has become a musical. <laughs> That's the talking about Beretta theme. I don't actually did, know the Beretta did, theme. Is is? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so did Beretta have the lollipop, or do you have the bird? No, that's Kojak, and uh, you Who know what? Who loves you, baby? Who loves you, baby? Did Very you convincing. know? Did you know? Clearly, I have a stake in having to mention this. He got the lollipop from my favorite director, Mario Bava. He's the one that gave it to him while he was trying to quit smoking on a film called Lisa and the Devil. Oh. And and then it was like he couldn't just take the lollipop out when they were filming. He was that into cigarettes. He had to. Yeah, well, he was trying to quit, and he was looking for something else to do, you know, kind of villainous that was similar to to smoking because he plays the devil in that movie. (laughs) And uh, they, he gave him a lollipop. He said, here, try this. And uh, he, he loved it. It seemed to work. And he, like, took to it. He uses it in really interesting ways uh, in that movie. Um, there's also a myth that says that he also ended that movie by looking at the camera and going, who loves you, baby? 
and then it was cut out of the editing process. Knowing Italian film production, they don't cut things unless it's absolutely necessary uh, because the financial stake in recording things is just too much. So I don't believe that. But um, he definitely did start with the lollipop. And this was pre-Kojak, so. Wow. Is is it in the Bible that the devil says, who loves you, baby? Cause <laughs> Maybe. There would be way more Satanists if, if the <laughs> devil was that cool. Well, Tom LaGroote was not in um, Kojak, so let me go into some other stuff he was in. Cagney and Lacey. Uh, okay. I'm just kind of skimming through the 80s here. Who's the boss? <laughs> Couldn't we all skim through the 80s? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to find Webster. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Oh, such a great dictionary. Uh, he was an elf. L.A. Law. I'm trying to see if uh, was he in? Wait, Alf or Elf? Elf. Elf with Will Ferrell or Alf with Gordon Tremeshko or whatever. <laughs> uh, with the alien uh, life form. Okay. Yes. Gordon Shumway. That's his name. <laughs> and uh, so here's a here's a, a meta game. Oh, fun! Do you want to play a meta game? It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's more it's less exciting than guess that title. But uh, do you think he was in ER? Yes. Bing 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 bing. Okay, so it's really it's really a very binary <laughs> game. It's it's yes. it's, 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 it's either yes or no. You you win or you don't. <laughs> well, that that's the way a lot of things go. But, oh, yes, okay, okay, true. okay. Yes. Uh, okay. But he was in uh, in ER. I have very good ER dar, and uh, I'm just now noticing this. He comes back on Home Improvement quite a bit. Well, he is the auto body guy. Between now and the end of the series, he's going to be making a few more appearances. So That's good. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so this has been uh, Character Actor Corner Part 2. No less than one. Brought to you by Kiersey Jeffries. I, I used to try and join in, but now I just like kind of sit and watch. It, it would be like if I go up on stage at an Elton John concert and try to play the piano with him. Just let the master work, you know? Uh, I you, appreciate that, I guess. Elton, okay, I, it wasn't a gay thing. It was just a super talented musician, best of all time thing, which is clearly what, what I mean, you are doing here. I, I wish I had the honor of being gay. I don't, uh, and I didn't take it that way. And Not that there's anything wrong with that. He was also in an episode of Seinfeld. Elton John? <laughs> it seems like he would be, though. Uh, if, he, if, he, if he had like a major supporting role in Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he yeah, was right? in a Seinfeld. Uh, anyway, Jill has come to see the body shop where Eddie is working. Um, well, he, he says, I'm Jill Taylor. My husband brought my station wagon in. I just need to get a book out of it. And this guy... He he's playing this character like he's got a he's got a he's doing a thing with this character. He's making acting choices that I don't really get, but I love. Where he just <laughs> he just looks at her and kind of goes, "Oh, yes." <laughs> like he's very smug about this. It's I, what I take away from this is like, oh my god, this finally gives me content to talk about on the uh, the home auto body repair uh, forums at home tonight. <laughs> like, finally I can chime in with a story that n- the guys aren't going to believe this one. <laughs> oh, the boys on Usenet are going to love this! <laughs> Rec slash arts slash hobbies slash auto repair. Uh, <laughs> so, she's asking some questions. It's, 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 it's a Fraser-esque uh, miscommunication yeah. where she's saying like, oh, you know, how I just want to See how long it'll take to pick it up, or you know, oh, it'll be like best case scenario, it'll be a year to fix. We're putting all this overtime, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there. Um, so Tim has agreed to fix it. Uh, Eddie has agreed to keep this car in his garage for a year to fix it. Um, I was rear-ended at a stoplight 
um, about a decade ago, mm-hmm. a little over a decade ago, and uh, just getting rear-ended totaled my car. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> to the point where the insurance company is like, yeah, we're just going to pay you to get a new one as opposed to fix this. Um, that was just getting rear-ended by a Land Rover. Well, I can't. A, that's a beefy car, though. <laughs> it was a beefy car, and that woman was a word that I don't like to use. But uh, getting a steel beam drop in your car, what? what is... what? What are you salvaging here? Well, Tim himself said to the boys that that it's a classic car, so it can't be totaled. Like, it, like that's basically... But I don't agree with that. I mean, you can total it, mm-hmm. and then you would just have to rebuild it from scratch. I mean, strip whatever parts weren't totaled, but the car itself was totaled. Yeah, it, the next I... car, it's, it's that whole paradox of if you replace every bit of an axe... To the point where every, like, if the handle and the blade is new, if you break the handle of an axe, no, it's got to be your bull. How does this go? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really, you're, you're skipping between a lot of different, like, uh, uh, aphorisms here. I'm not, I'm not I'm really sure. I'm mind right now. If you break an axe handle. And, and no one is there to hear it, <laughs> did it actually happen? You bro- oh, no, who's going to buy the axe if you give them the handle for free? If you break an axe handle and replace it, it's going to want a cookie. And then if you break the blade of it and replace that, is it still the original axe? I, I Well, I don't know. I mean... That's what's happening with this car. I, uh, true, You true. can salvage parts that haven't been totaled, but you're putting them into a different car. Yes. That is the same make and model. Yes, you, 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 I'm sorry. I'm still trying to keep track of where we went on that one. We took we took a real journey through like through through language and like that. You, you just matrix through my brain. That's what happens at every given moment of my life. Oh, it must be exhausting. It, it's fucking exhausting. Uh, so anyway, she finally he op- flings open the door and takes. She asks to see the car, yeah. and the audience in anticipation goes, "Whoa! Oh, oh, oh no! Boy. Oh no! Don't open that oh, door! Oh man! Don't go in there! Oh no!" <laughs> And uh, they open the door, and she goes in and is shocked to see this car that's completely fucked, F-U-K-T. Yeah. It's, uh, y- y- you know, yeah, they the beam has been taken off it, but there's the imprint of a... Well, you you know what a car looks like when it's had a three-ton beam dropped on yeah, it. you see them all the time. We all saw that in the, the film in health class. <laughs> uh, but so she she goes in, and he's and is just so shocked at what happened to it. And then he points out, "Oh, I think the book is in there, jammed underneath the uh, underneath the dashboard." And so she goes in and is trying to pry it out from yeah, under she, the dash. She ducks out of the frame while yeah. she's trying to get underneath there and cue Tim to walk in. Which was br- this caught me off guard, and I I thought this was also brilliant. Tim comes in, he doesn't see her in the car, and goes like, "Oh my God, Eddie, Eddie, my kids just called. Jill's coming down here. You, you got to hide the car from her. She doesn't know what happened to it." And Eddie's like, "Well, well, actually, Tim, no, 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 you just got to get, you got to get her out of here. Don't let her see it, whatever." <laughs> and um, you know, well, and so the the big point I think that in the exchange between him and Eddie is that uh, it comes out that um, he's like, "You said she did it." Yes. Uh, and then he's like, you're killing me, Eddie. Yeah. Um, after Jill, like, goes, you know, she pops up at that moment, like, oh, really? Yeah. I, I did this. Yeah, and she and, and holding uh, holding her book, which has, like, a gear, a shift, gear shift straight through it. it. Yeah. Good look. And um, Eddie goes, you know, after he says, uh, you're killing me, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie goes, everyone always blames the body shop guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm with fucking Eddie on this one. Yeah. Like, 
he's a by, innocent bystander to Tim trying to deflect blame for his own fault here. Yeah, Eddie's just doing his job. Yeah, Eddie's try, Eddie's trying to save your bacon. So you, yeah, I, it's Tim is very annoying here. Um, but then Jill kind of lays into him and lets him have it. Eddie lets them have their moment. He knows yeah. that uh, Tim's about to be uh, proverbially spanked. <laughs> Or maybe literally. I mean, they're into some weird stuff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, so so Tim and Tim, Jill is really going after him for all the right things. Like, you you were so angry about one scratch on my car. I told you not to mess with my car, and look what you did. I didn't want this to... And then Tim still tries to play it like it's her fault. Like, saying, like, the scratch destabilized the entire car. Like, we don't know for sure. At that point, I mean, I Tim had just completely lost me at that point. Where it's just like... Did he ever have In you? the face of... I, every once in a while, he displays these these like very mature moments where I'm like, okay, great. That is the conclusion that I I feel satisfied with. Mm-hmm. You coming to this place, yeah. This moment where it's like you are standing literally in front of your hot dog car at this moment, and Did- you can't admit to your wrongdoing. It's 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 so frustrating. That's the point at which it's pathological. Yes, exactly. And referencing hot dog car, Jill says that her car looks like a big hot dog bun because <laughs> yeah. it's got the crease down the middle. And that yeah, exactly what I had intended. Uh, saying that Jill really lets him have it though. Yes, she's she's very upset. And also, Jill during this is so angry, like that that oh you know you you parked at a construction site where some idiot dropped the beam on it. We should sue the guy who did this for all he's worth. And Tim goes, oh, well, actually, you married him. Yeah. And so, but then Jill, so Jill says to him at one point, like, you know, why couldn't you, you know, why couldn't you just leave it alone? This is just a car. It's a hunk of metal used to, that we used to haul kids to soccer practice. Yeah. And again, this is really, this kind <laughs> of car is not what you use to haul kids to soccer practice. It's what you, like rub with a diaper and yeah. take to car shows at the Dairy Queen or whatever. So this is my part two of addressing this that you brought yeah. up before the episode. Uh, in the fact that Tim had um, built this by himself, uh, presumably, you know, uh, the way that he did the, the most recent hot rod, I don't think she had a choice in the matter. I think it was, I built this for you or I built this and I'm going to build another one and now this is your car, this is what you're going to be driving. I think... Jill really didn't have a say in the matter. Yeah. And that also is kind of annoying. But uh, I believe that's why she's driving such an impractical car that doesn't suit her her, uh, personality. Okay, okay. You know what? I guess I'll take it. But Tim is still sort of asking for this shit. Yes. I also also like when she says, uh, why couldn't you leave my car alone? Her her Texan accent really comes out there. And (laughs) for some reason, the way she said it... Really reminded me of James Vanderbeek in uh, Varsity Blues. It's like I don't want your, your life. life. <laughs> I don't know why it just. It I really don't want your car. <laughs> uh, well, but so she says it's just a hunk of metal, and Tim goes, "It's not just a hunk of metal." And then there's a shot of the car that it's very it's much a hunk legitimately of metal. a hunk of metal at that yeah. Um, we get a transition, unless you're. You have no, I have, scene? I have okay. nothing else. We're going to uh, the Wilson scene, which has another yet. Strange non sequitur uh, intro to the scene where he's <laughs> ululating uh, in all kinds of weird tones. Like something like that. 
la la la. This is probably kind of racist that we're doing it, but we're oh. quoting Wilson. And we're not... It's racist. It would be culturally insensitive. It would be, but we're just trying, you know, Wilson is trying to pay homage to Middle Eastern culture because ululating yeah. is a thing that you do when you're happy, I guess, or traditionally. You are trying to express uh, happiness or sorrow. Oh, happiness or sorrow. And he says, I'm expressing sorrow because I can't ululate. Because Tim is bothering him. <laughs> Wilson gets kind of <laughs> spicy, and I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tim explains what he fucked up and that Jill is calling him obsessive for just not being able to let the one scratch go. This is, this is the scene where the, the focus of the episode goes off the rails to me. Cause this is where, you know, tying it into Wilson is like, this is what the problem is. What can you help me with? And blah, blah, blah. And the, the problem that they're talking about isn't, oh, you know what? I, you know, I did this to Jill's car and I didn't. I wasn't super forthcoming about it. Yeah. And, uh, we were down to one car. I lied to my wife. <laughs> yeah. Instead, what does he say? I, well, like, well, Wilson says that, yeah, it seems like you, you haven't, you seems like you are obsessed. You weren't able to let this go. And then Tim goes into great detail about how much work he put into putting 17 coats of paint on the car and sanding it down and all that, et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted the paint to be perfect. So uh, Wilson quotes some kind of fucking wisdom. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Tim doesn't listen to it. Why should I? But Wilson says, do you rule your obsession or does your obsession rule you? Yeah. And then we're we, we going into the transition already. No, we're not going into the oh, transition. Okay. We're yeah. going. Well, I mean, we're going into the, the most disturbing part of this that gets swept under the rug, which is, which is Tim says, I don't think Jill really knows how deep my love affair with cars is. Oh, right. When we were dating, we used to go to the drive in and she thought it was to make out. I was really going to check out the other cars, and I'd get excited, and then we'd make out. And doesn't he commenting? Well, and then Wilson, well, and Wilson just looks at him for a long time and just says, "Tim, I'm going to keep this under my hat." <laughs> but it's like, and then that's the end of the scene. There's a transition. They, they just give us this. Like t- we've speculated about this in season yeah. one. Like ha ha ha. They'd never actually do this. Tim actually gets hard for cars, and then and then Jill. <laughs> Like, what's he even thinking about when he's with Jill? Does he think Jill's a car? <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe he's so obsessed about this nomad because he can't fuck Jill without knowing that he has a auto part or auto equivalent of her in the garage. An auto-erotic version of her. <laughs> Do you... There's a certain objectivity here that I'm not comfortable with relating women to cars. Yeah, certainly. What do you, like, I just, I I, I like to think about Tim Taylor, like, buying a ticket for one to go see the movie Cars when it came out in theaters and, like, sitting in the back. Uh, You know what? I'm not 100% Cars 3 positive that there isn't a Buzz Lightyear car uh, that he would have voiced. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can say about this before we have to put like a double explicit rating on the on this podcast. <laughs> well, we can at least put a plug in that. Nope, we no, can at least nope. put a pin in that. We can at that, least. I, I was choosing each word carefully. We can just lovingly caress the tailpipe of uh, that bit. Uh, we get a very confounding transition where Wilson drops out of the frame, but his hat, Looney Tune style, stays in frame for a long time. For a long time, and then falls. Uh, I guess uh, he let it out of underneath his hat. Right, true. So and now everyone knows. Secret, Brad has that secret. Uh, we go to the dining room where Tim comes in to apologize to Jill, who's studying for her exam still. Yes. Which uh, also, really early into the semester, uh, to be having an exam. Yeah, I know. Unless it's, unless she's just like really on top of her shit. Like, this is the yeah. first quiz. And she's... Seven, I mean, if we're going chronologically, I mean, like, 
it's only been one week since she's decided to go back to school. Yeah, like, so did she decide this, like, right before the term started, and she just went and signed <laughs> up? Even still, like, maybe this is an entry exam. Maybe these are the, like, can you get into psychology school? Uh, <laughs> yeah. These, these are the questions you need to answer. I don't know. Um, anyway, she's studying for her exam, and Tim comes in to apologize. Yes, and he mangles back Wilson's uh advice to him basically yeah. saying like yeah i'm obsessed with cars something something it's too much but and he suggests well why don't we just get a new car you know why don't we just yeah. get you a new car i won't make a peep about it it's yeah. your car you pick out whatever car you want i won't i won't even say anything and she goes even if i want a station wagon without any of the um additional options and tim goes peep peep so great tim you don't even do the one half-ass thing you were gonna do yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't really apologize even for being obsessive about the cars, but he certainly doesn't apologize for concealing it from her or for destroying it or for destroying it or for you know uh, the in the face of that relating it back to the original scratch she had and like there's a whole ownership issue that's not even being addressed here yeah. like you know that is her car yes presumably that she was relying on probably to get to college yeah and just I don't know that very, very frustrated, and I'm going to push through it so that we can go. So, what, I, you know, what I kind of, like, Jill at the end of this says, you know, this. let's get the Nomad fixed up. Let's not get a new car. I, I, I like that car. And I actually kind of like her explanation for it. I, it does seem a little bit out of character, but um, she says, you know, whenever, you know, I do like whenever I pull up to a stoplight and there's a guy next to me and sees the Nomad and he revs his engine and then I rev my engine. Like, there is something empowering a little bit about that that yeah. I could see relating to Jill and her independence and a that bit. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but but then, if the whole thing is I really love the car, it gives me this empowering feeling, the car you completely destroyed. Yeah. It's like she's forgiving Tim. She's forgiving Tim. They're bonding over the like. It seems like they're smiling and it's like they're getting back into it. It's like she's forgiving him, but why? But why? Like, yeah, that you still don't have a car. He still lied to you. He still destroyed your car. Right now, there's going to be all this money spent fixing it while you're also trying to pay to go to school, and yeah. while you're now you're back down to a single income house. Maybe. Uh, well, I guess I was going to say maybe the tool time insurance would pay for it, but. No, that seems like a Tim fuck. Well, no, it explicitly isn't because yeah. uh, in the stinger, Tim is on the phone with the insurance company trying to get them to put a clause in there for dropping a steel beam on your car. Yeah. So, so there's just no resolution. Like Tim, <laughs> Tim doesn't with- apologize. The car doesn't get fixed. Jill's left without support. I don't and know. she's also got a, a huge, happy a huge hole in the middle of her book yeah. that she's trying to study for. So she's probably right. going to fail the exam. To be fair, textbooks might be more expensive than hot rods. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. yeah. Actually, yeah, you'd be better off just uh, you'd be better off just studying the hot rod and trying to get from that. <laughs> yeah, build a hot rod out of the textbooks after your semester's over. <laughs> now there's an idea. <laughs> um, and then we go to our outtakes. Unless you have anything else you no, want to go over, no. Uh, Tim flips his lines at the dining room table, and uh, that's about that. Um, one thing that we forgot to do, a big thing that we're going to go into now. Oh. Uh, Because I was so upset about Tim, I forgot to do um, our second ever. Oh. Car and Corner. 
it's like it's like you're scat singing now. It's it's uh you know what? By the end of this uh this whole show, I'll have a whole new genre of music. That, that, <laughs> all that's my the own. Best accomplishment yeah. that we will get out of this podcast. So uh, this week's Carn Corner is presented by our Grunthead Patreon, John Smith, our good buddy from Scotland. Come on where... out, John. <laughs> Come on out, John. Portal all the way from Scotland. Carn <laughs> uh, Corner presented by John Smith, where we ask uh, Richard Carn a question. Oh yes, and he gives us an answer. This time he gave us an answer in picture form. Oh my god, we we there's a lot to uncover here. So, yes. um, this question kind of was spawned by you because yes. you uh, you love your politics. I you uh, you and your politics. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, I, I phrased it a little bit differently than you posted to me, so I apologize for that. But uh, the question essentially was, have you ever golfed with an American president? And of them, who do you think has the best short game? Yes, because I had it in my head that he'd golfed with like four presidents. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the question that I'm going to pose to you, and it's not to embarrass you, but do you know what short game is? No, fuck no. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing about golf, Landon. I... I it was – I just figured it would be – you know, a lot of a lot of what I do here is bullshitting like I know something and trying to kind of cover for it. Likewise. I, I, I do that in college a lot too. That's how I get through life. I don't know what short game is. Okay. Is, is that Short putting? game is uh, putting, chipping, and sometimes irons. Usually, uh, at least in my experience, it's basically anything 150 yards in where you're using your – anything below a five iron mm-hmm. is a more of a short game. Okay. Although okay. I, I bet there's an argument for anything – in your irons using uh, being part of the short game. Anything that's not a drive, essentially. Yeah. I am not good at my short game. Uh, it is probably my, my worst uh, aspect of it. I am extremely good at driving, but I am not good at short game. My worst aspect of golf is getting the club to hit the ball. The one time I went, <laughs> a friend took uh-huh. me to like show me what golfing was. I was like, this this shit sucks. I don't know how you guys do it. They you make do... it look so easy in the movie Caddyshack. <laughs> I, I don't mean this as a criticism, because uh, can... I accept every part of you uh, that is that makes up you. I, I, I need you to know that no criticizing my athletic prowess or ability to play a sport means it, does, it, does, it just goes right past me. I do not care. You do seem a little too tense for golf. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tense, dude. Like, I think because the whole part of setting up your your stance, mm-hmm. uh, and correct me, uh, please. I hope Richard Carnes listening to this this portion and can correct me and give me some tips. It's it's about relaxing a little bit and just following through. Very nice and neat. You don't want to kill it. Happy Madison or Happy Gilmore, I think, <laughs> ruined uh, a lot of people's perception of how to play golf. Like, I'm and, just gonna kill it. If that's something I could do. I'm gonna do it. And Happy Madison ruined a lot of people's perception of what a good movie is. <laughs> also very true. Uh, anyway, so we posed this question to Richard Karn, and um, he was so quick on the draw. Oh, my God. First of all, he has his, this ready. his answer was President Ford. Woo! Which, Interesting. Which was really the one I was hoping yeah. it would be, honestly. Of all the presidents, uh, he's the one that I can't do. Not all of the presidents, but going yeah. back to Kennedy. Yeah, do your Zachary Tyler impression. <laughs> hey, guys! <laughs> Sounds pretty good. We don't have any recordings of him. It could be. <laughs> but President Ford uh, is I, hard to do an impression of. Yeah, Because well, no one really knows what he sounds like. He, he speaks with his lips, and he speaks in a very indistinct, punctuated, emotionless kind of way. But that just almost turned into Barack Obama when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, let me be clear. Uh, did, well, he, you know, the best impression you can do of Gerald Ford is Chevy Chase's where you fall down a lot. <laughs> yeah, just crashing noises. Um, By the way, can I, yeah. just, can I just say, 
the, 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 what a simple time that was where we had a president who fell down a staircase once and that was like, that was, oh, such a fodder for comedy. Oh, whoa, oh man. Well, it did, only. it did gradually escalate from falling down a stairway to President Bush puking in the prime minister's lap. And, and then, and then, and then the elder Bush falling off a Segway. <laughs> and now we have Trump. Yeah. So, um, and and to be and to be okay and uh, Clinton there was something with an intern and then Obama wore a tan suit that time so I guess we've all had embarrassing <laughs> you know on some levels fair uh, what surprised me about his response to this question was how quickly he provided photographic evidence of this. <laughs> like it was almost as if he was waiting to be asked this question because he within like a half an hour produced a photo of him standing next to Gerald Ford. Uh, who was also standing next to Bob Hope? Yeah, which is bizarre because it was the Bob Hope classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it was like early Home Improvement Karn too. I mean, yeah. I would say if I had to date it, I would say uh, according to the length of his beard and the featheriness of his hair, <laughs> he, uh, Carbon dated the uh, flannel <laughs> on his shirt. I would say it was probably like ninety one or two. So he was not that far removed from just being an ordinary uh, apartment uh, handyman yeah. who was then golfing with uh, the former president. And who's to say? Maybe maybe that's how he got the gig. <laughs> like he, he, President Ford was a, a former tenant of his. I don't know. Where's President Ford from? Uh, Michigan. He's the only president from Michigan. How do you not know this, Landon? Come on. Also, the only president not to be uh, elected by, uh, well, I mean, he was elected to his House seat, but other than that, this isn't interesting. This isn't what the podcast is about. We've been Politic going for a while. corner. Yes. Um, but right. he, he just, like, he, he had that photo ready to go, and it was such an amazing photo, it, it because was, he's golfing in flannel. It, it was as though Richard <laughs> Karn was like, he was about to just type President Ford, and he was like, no, Truman and Landon won't believe me. I need proof. <laughs> You can't just come out here and say that you golfed with Gerald yeah. Ford. Yeah. It's impressive, though. Uh, but you know what? His answer doesn't exclude the possibility that he has golfed with other people, with just other that, presidents. Just that Gerald Ford had the best short game. Just that he had the best short game. Yeah. So uh, there is potential questions in the future of him potentially golfing with other presidents. And what we didn't ask about prime ministers, yeah. kings, Ooh. queens. Wow. Yeah. Dukes, is, uh, barons. Yeah, is there Earls? is there a baron? Uh, this I'm, I'm very ignorant, and especially with a segment that John Smith is uh, presenting right now. Wh- who presides over Scotland? Is that a prime minister? Uh, I well, uh, mm, I th- I don't actually. They have their own parliament, so I guess they a have a prime minister. It's no, it's it's a. I don't think they. I don't think there was a last king of Scotland. Oh yes, and I believe it was Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I don't know. Look, John Smith, you sponsored this segment. Please explain to us, how does your country work? I've even been there, and I still don't really remember. Yes. Um, Anyway, uh, this has been Karn Corner uh, for this week. So next week, we'll hopefully have another one for you guys. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Uh, So Karn Corner presented by John Smith. Thank you very much. Uh... It's like the November rain of, of, of mouth singing. And that's been Karn Corner. So, um, we have one final uh, presentation to go through. What was the grunt count for this episode? The grunt count for this episode was seven. Oh, how about that? Yeah, you know, Tim Tim got a, you know, Tim had a little, Tim, Tim when he got to the construction site, he did a fiver. He did the, oh, 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 oh. Well, yeah. Uh, it was more like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. 
but one of the typical ones. Yes, the, one the of the typical typical ones. patterns. Where were the two sneaky ones? Uh, there was one. At, uh, there, there was one with Wilson. There was one where he goes like, "Oh yeah," where it's him talking. But then there's right. another one where it's like, "Oh," like just an actual just grunt oh, sound. Okay. And there was one what more right you near doing the end your work. You're, you're like on the, oh, the razor's edge. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I, I was I was making some You've calls. You've earned your paycheck this week. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, it's, it's that, that, them Patreon bucks <laughs> coming right in. Um, but yeah, yeah, seven grunts. Add them onto the pile. I think last okay. week we had zero, so yeah. this is the first seven of the season. I'm going to take a menti- mental tally this season so that I know exactly what it is by our season finale. Okay, good. I uh, Godspeed, sir. <laughs> we, I know how good at math We're we up are. up to seven so far. Yes. Uh, okay, so this has been uh, Grunt Count Corner. No, it's just the, the Grunt Count, which is unsponsored. Yeah. So uh, hop on our pa- Patreon and uh, become a sponsor. And you could have this uh, free available real estate right now. Yeah, I know. And it's only going to increase in value as more grunts happen. Um, it's very true. Do you have anything else you want to go over in I, this uh, long-winded episode of ours? I have nothing else. Um, okay. Well, if you enjoyed today's show and want to help us create even better content, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor on our Patreon. Have we mentioned that in this episode? I don't I think, I like don't think at all. kind of hit it over the head a little too many times. We are going to lose <laughs> Patreon sponsors for this episode. <laughs> I didn't even ask them if they wanted their name shared on air, so uh, I might have been uh, a little too forthcoming with that. Oops, if you want your privacy completely shattered, uh, you have consider to... becoming a Patreon, which is at uh, patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. If you, if you want to have your name read on the air, contribute $1. If you want to contribute and not have your name read on the air, $10,000. Ooh, wow. Okay. Anonymity has its prices, guys. <laughs> not enough to retire on, but uh, not enough to scoff at. No, I wouldn't scoff at I that. I didn't phrase that correctly. If you want to phrase help, it. <laughs> if you don't want to submit to our Patreon... Uh, but still want to support the show, you can always uh, consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to your dang podcast, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Officer Gunderson, <laughs> from another Coen Brothers movie. Um, because, did you know, when you, you give us a rating or a review on iTunes, Truman, why don't you tell them what they get? They'll get a big metal hot dog to go in the big metal hot dog bun of their car. Oh wow! Yeah. What if what if they're like me and they're uh, they're not into the meat? Uh, well, I mean, what's well, made of metal, so oh. no animals died. Okay, and it's and not it's until co- they eat it, and it's kosher metal too. Oh yeah, the human animal will die. Oh, you will <laughs> die real quick. Um, please stop by and say hi to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, where you can find us at Grunt Work Pond. Uh, you can find information on today's show on our website, which happens to be www.grunworkpodcast.com. While you're there, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter where you can get the Grunt Count Hint, uh, some exclusive trivia, and uh, some happenings of what's going on on the interwebs. Um, just in general. <laughs> just in general. Uh, and until next week when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. And I've been Truman Caps. And if you can read this, you're too close to my grunt work. Is that the talking about Beretta theme, or is that the Beretta theme? <laughs> uh, I, I can't that, really that talk is... with you anymore. This podcast has become a musical. <laughs> That's the talking about Beretta theme. I don't actually did, know the Beretta did, theme. Is, is, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>